So good morning, friends. As you can see, or maybe here, I am actually rolling solo today. Um, Bri is away at the moment. And then the kids and I are actually gearing up to leave for a two-day camping trip with our homeschool co-op. So our schedules just weren't going to align this week. So here we are. He took the last solo one. So I'm going to chat with you guys today um, a little bit. If you joined us last week, we were celebrating our one-year anniversary of this podcast. And, you know, we're just so appreciative that some of you have been on this journey with us since the very beginning. But we also thought maybe for some of our new listeners, if we could highlight or kind of look back at some of our favorite episodes, it might be helpful for you to kind of sift through and find ones that might align with something you're interested in. So I hope that you had a chance to maybe go back and listen to a few. If not, just bookmark it and maybe go check it out at a later date. Um, So this time and this episode, I really wanted to dive into something that's been kind of heavy on my heart and my mind. This has shown up for me in work, whether it's like teaching my my resilience class that I'm currently teaching right now, or with my own kiddos, or even with our little homeschool co-op. And it's this idea of emotional intelligence and emotional IQ. So like most of you know, I work with schools and I'm an educational consultant and I work a lot with educators. And dealing with or working with um, the social-emotional intelligence or the social-emotional wellness of their classrooms or of themselves, right? So EQ, emotional intelligence, comes up quite a bit because it's something that needs work, right? It's something that we have to create effort around in order to not master, but even just understand. So I want to like back up a little bit and talk about my own kids. So when we're kids, and it's interesting because I see this all the time and recently a lot, right? Like kids go through stages, right? And so we have a five-year-old who's about to turn six and an eight-year-old. And, you know, when kids are showing big emotions, like it is like an outward expression of those emotions. Like you know it because it's a meltdown. There's tears, there's tantrums, there's anger, right? A lot of times they can't identify or define exactly what that emotion is, but like we can see it. Right. And so with kids, I feel like that transparency of like the outward expression of emotion is almost easier to tackle than adults. So for us, you know, there's a lot of times where we want to have tantrums, like something happens that's frustrating or we're angry or we're upset, but we like button it up and tuck it in and like try not to outwardly express what is going on inside. Right. So with kids, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do to help with emotional intelligence. One of them is just literally building that emotional vocabulary. So I use this equation a lot. We've talked about this before, but that's it's E plus R or yeah, E plus R equals O, which is event plus response equals outcome. And for kids, a lot of times we move from event, someone took my toy, I lost in a game, you know, that frustration and overwhelm goes immediately to outcome. Right, because you're you have impulsivity, you have physical outward expression, but that beautiful space for kids to kind of work on is that R, which is your response. And so for that, um, you know, I, I love the work of Mark Brackett. He does. He's out of Yale, and he created this system called Ruler. He also wrote the book Permission to Feel. So just sit with that like title right now. That permission to feel. You know, as someone who is. Um, 
pretty optimistic. Like I'm, I'm a very optimistic and positive person, almost sometimes to a fault because I don't allow myself sometimes to feel some of those uncomfortable emotions or sit in them too long. If I feel something come up for me that feels a little sticky, I want to move through that as quickly as I possibly can, because I do not like to live in that area, which is not necessarily healthy. So in my own life, this is also something that's continually coming up for me. So this ruler system talks about like kind of the cyclic version of emotions. And this works for kids and adults, because we all find ourselves from time to time in sticky situations where emotions keep coming up. And then with those emotions also come like shame and guilt for not tapping into, oh, I'm grateful. I have so much going on for me. Like this is, you know, my life is so beautiful. Like we tend to want to stick in that gratitude piece, which I love because it does allow, you know, positive emotions and oxytocin, but it's also okay to feel the feels. Give yourself permission sometimes to pause, put a pin in it, and kind of unpack why an emotion is arising for you. So the ruler is recognizes R. So this is like, you need to pause and think like, how am I feeling right now? This like, and when we show emotions, it can be internal, but remember that external can also happen where our body language might shift, right? Like our tone of voice might shift. So that whole assessment piece of recognizing what's coming up for you right now, in order for that to happen, you need to press the pause button. Because if you're like me, I'm like, that means I want to run. Like I want to go as fast as I can out of that emotion. And I'm working on that. And I think that it's important to, to kind of put that pause button. The understand is like be an emotion scientist, right? So what could have triggered this feeling? And a lot of times, if you can identify how you're feeling and you can identify the trigger, you can start to see patterns arise. So, you know, like even thinking about your home life, we're not even talking about work right now. You have certain triggers that happen in your relationships that bring up specific feelings of like frustration or anger or sadness, right? And so when we can identify the trigger and then label the specific emotions that go with that trigger... That's what the L is for, labeling. This is your emotional vocabulary. There isn't just sad, happy, you know, angry. Like I think about that movie Inside Out where you have that control center. There are thousands of different emotions that can come up for us. And the more we can get clarity around what actually is happening, because sometimes those real emotions can be masked, right? The better you're going to be able to handle and regulate that. And then that last step. So it's recognize, understand, label, express. Express is converting emotions into words so that you can share them. And think about how powerful that is for kids, but think about even more so how powerful that is as adults, right? A lot of times in our closest relationships, you know, with your spouse or your significant other, or even your children, we stuff, stuff, stuff some of those emotions that come up for us. And instead of expressing them to handle them in the moment, as adults, those kind of bubble up. And, and I'm sure you've had experiences where that happens. So the expression and having that trusted relationship and feeling safe to be vulnerable is a big step. And it's a big step for me too. Um, and then that regulation piece is how can... like What would your best self do in this scenario? How can you put practices in place that either stop that emotion cycle and those triggers from, from creating that emotion cycle or doing things like you know, meditation or mindfulness or recentering, or even just like that R in the, re in the response can be like three deep breaths. So I just want you this week to kind of think about 
some emotions that come up pretty regularly. And I think the easiest way to do this is kind of journal them down. Like if you feel something arise and and usually our emotions arise with physical responses, like your heart rate will increase. Sometimes we get like sweaty. Sometimes we're we're breathing heavier. Um, So those are all symbols that something is happening for you or signals. And so listen to those. Try to identify what exactly you're feeling in that moment. And then think about ways that you can calm yourself, identify those triggers so that Maybe it doesn't happen as quickly or it happens to a lesser degree the next time those emotions come up. Um, I could talk about this topic forever, but there's two resources that I want to talk to you about. One is a book called Emotional Agility by Susan David. I've talked about this before. She also has a beautiful TED Talk. But in this specific TED Talk and her book, she talks about that idea of um, not bottling your emotions, giving yourself once again that permission to feel your feels. And she even talks about in her childhood how, and as a society, we kind of complement and promote always being positive and happy at any given time, especially in our children. We want them to move through those uncomfortable emotions just as quickly because we want everybody to kind of be happy and having a good time. And when they're younger, she talks about this idea of one of her teachers creating space for her to really, really talk about her emotions. And at that point in her life, it was the emotion of grief. And she talks about how if that teacher would not have created that space for her to journal and talk about her deep center grief, she doesn't really recognize or realize that maybe that would have never happened for her. So again, with children, think about those spaces that you're creating for your kids to unpack truly what they're feeling and your friendships, your relationships, and yourself. And then the third resource, because I know I talked about Mark Breckett, Susan David, I just got this book. I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. And I just got her new book, um, Atlas of the Heart. And so... This book is all about navigating, hence Atlas, these complicated emotions that show up for us in our lives. And even in her book, she talks about like her purpose of writing this book was to show us how to accurately name an experience, um, how it doesn't give the experience more power. It gives us the power of understanding, meaning, and choice. So she divides the book up into these things like places we go when things are uncertain. And then the emotion that kind of ties to those stress, overwhelm, anxiety, worry, avoidance, excitement, dread, fear, vulnerability. And it that just alone shows you the complexity of our emotional landscape, right? You have one thing happen. You're uncertain, right? But you have all of these emotions that come with that uncertainty or like um, places we go when things aren't what they seem, places we go when we are hurting, um, places we go with others, compassion, pity, empathy, sympathy, boundaries, right? These are like, so I loved the way that she divided this up into that event piece, like the situational piece. And then she gives you the emotional vocabulary that you could be experiencing with that event in hopes that your response when these emotions come up has a better desired outcome. So that's my food for thought for the day. Again, this is something obviously that I'm kind of immersed in right now, but all of those resources are are freeing. I think that the idea of emotions and emotional intelligence, it's big. It's it's something that we're dealing with all the time. Um, And so I think from a microcosm of like your own family unit, but think about if all human beings and humanity started to embrace more emotional intelligence, which ties to compassion and empathy, just think that it's a great practice to kind of dive into and take a deeper look. 
So that is what I got for you this week. I hope that you have an incredible week. Brian will be back. We are going to sync our schedules so that we are back next week together. But take care and we appreciate you following along this crazy journey with us. Hello world, wake me up to another good, good morning.